0: You're listening to The Devoted Podcast, where our desire is to be women devoted to God's Word. We're so glad you're here, and we pray you'll be challenged and encouraged as we look to God's Word together. Well, hey, gals. Welcome to The Devoted Podcast. This is going to be a fun one for, well, for me, and I'm telling Becca it's fun for her too. Becca is joining me, and we, believe it or not, have swindled our husbands into joining us and get it for a podcast on submission and respect. So some of you are listening going, huh, I hear a lot of incongruencies in what you just <laughs> said there. So real quick, I just want to welcome uh, Becca and David Frost. Say hello, guys. Hello. Hey. <laughs> and Chris is joining me again. And this time, he gets an upgrade this time because we're not in the closet. This is your first time joining me in the new office podcast area. First or
1: second time, I think.
0: Recording in here? hmm You recorded in here with me. We did. Wow. Sorry, I've already forgotten.
1: It's okay. That's going to be my only comment on this entire podcast. Absolutely not. (laughs) I doubt that very much.
0: Well, like I said, we kind of talked him into this because I don't know. It's kind of a scary topic, I guess, but... I strangely get really excited about these topics. And I say that, honestly, because I just think Scripture is such a get-to about this and not a got-to, and especially when it is rightly understood with the heart of the Lord. It is a beautiful passage, actually. So I want to start by, Chris, if you would just read for us Ephesians 5, and if you let maybe even start on 521, back it up just a couple, but read that full section for the rest of the chapters just to kind of lay a good foundation of where we're going.
1: This is Ephesians 5, starting in verse 21. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Wives, submit to your husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church, his body, of which he is the Savior. Now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy. Cleansing her by the washing with water through the Word, and to present her to himself as a radiant church, without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. In this way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. After all, no one ever hated his own body, but he feeds and cares for it just as Christ does the church. For we are members of his body. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. This is a profound mystery, but I am talking about Christ and the church. However, each one of you also must love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband.
0: It's a big section of scripture, but I think it's important for us to read that. David, you're a pastor at Athe, and I would imagine doing counseling, this, kind of, this one kind of lays the groundwork for when we're talking about roles between husband and wife. So maybe you should start us off with this.
2: Yeah, it really does. I spend a lot of time in this specific passage. It's interesting even thinking about coming here to do this podcast. I spend a lot of time on the husband's role specifically. So it's almost a bit of a challenge to kind of change gears and focus more on this topic of respect specifically. And obviously there at the end of what Chris just read so eloquently, I might add, um, it says, however, let each one of you love his wife as himself and let the wife see that she respects her husband. And this, of course, is that perfect combination of love and respect that um, we so often talk about as believers in the context of biblical marriage. One of the things that I love to bring up in the context of marriage and specifically biblical marriage, we have this idea of love and respect, and it's a cycle, really, as husbands love their wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it, as it said there at the beginning. Wives also respecting their husbands. And it's almost like one spurs on the other, encourages the other. And I love that there is no condition here either. It's not that if my wife is doing a good job of respecting me, then I can love her as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it, or vice versa. That If I am loving my wife as Christ loved the church, then my wife is asked to respect me. It's this idea of being like Christ, loving each other as Jesus, but specifically love and respect in this idea of of marriage and the roles.
0: I suppose the get to in this is that when you don't have these two pieces, what marriages probably look like. And not that any of us, certainly not the four of us in this room have nailed all of these things, but just to see this model in scripture of what we're supposed to be striving towards is is really, really huge.
3: I love one of the things that Spurgeon says. He says, marriage is not all sugar. (laughs) And that is, you know, there, but there is a lot of sugar that goes with it, too. But he also says grace in the heart will keep away most of the sours. And I think within a biblical marriage, knowing when both people are trying to give grace and also accept the grace, because, you know, you're both trying to do the best that you can and try to follow the model that the Lord's given. That can be a really sweet spot. But I also know kind of like what David was saying not always does every marriage have that on both sides. It might only be kind of one-sided. Maybe as the gal, maybe you're going, well, my husband doesn't love me like Christ loves the church. I like that It that doesn't take off the responsibility. What we have as women is still to love our husbands.
1: I think that it's so important, the attitude that you have when you come to this topic. And parking back to our days of leading the newly married group at the church. There's sort of two ways that you can approach this discussion. One is using basically weaponizing Ephesians 5 right. as the husband or the wife and saying to the wife, "You know, you are supposed to do this," or the, the wife saying, "Well, you're supposed to do this." But that is not the intention of this passage. And if you come at it from that perspective, It's always going to end badly. It's human nature for us to approach this from a selfish standpoint, right? I'm bringing up this passage to my wife because I want my way and she's not giving me my way or vice versa. But I think the key thing in this passage that we read in verse 31, it's quoting Genesis when it says, for this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, that word united is so critical to the understanding of this passage, right? The whole idea here, the foundation of this whole thing is that the husband and wife are united. And it's with that framework, it's in that context that we talk about submission and respect and these things. And if the two are united then we're gonna be able to figure this out. We're gonna be able to get through this. And yeah, it's not gonna be easy sometimes, but if the foundation is we're united, we can do it.
0: There isn't anything in Ephesians 5 that is the gushy part. Even when they say, well, all the husband has to do is love his wife. I think they get like a hallmark version of what that looks like. But that's why it's so important in that passage. It kind of it talks about that we're talking about Christ and his love for the church, which was sacrificial and pretty much as bloody and non-gushy as you can get. And but we sort of have a whether it's our own desires as gals or just a kind of a worldly context of looking at kind of romanticizing what we think marriage should be. And it's not that it's not those things as well. I mean, I think that's a huge blessing, but you can't take this stuff away. And when I read Ephesians 5, I see some bedrocks of components that have to be there. And it starts off in the beginning when it says, submit one to another. And that is such a cool thing in a marriage when it's not like the lording over you kind of thing, or but it's truly preferring one above yourself and then being submissive. That's the one that the gals get all like, well, I don't know. Now you're saying stuff I really don't like. That is such, such a get to and not a got to when it's rightly understood. And then it says respect and the love. So I'm probably for some taking all of the fun if they thought there was any in ephesians 5 but i really think it's putting like the pieces of the puzzle right all there and making sure you have all of those pieces because a really sweet amazing godly marriage has to have all of these pieces
3: as Chris was talking, and then Amy started in a little bit too, it reminded me of Philippians two three, which says, let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. And that's a really, it's one of the more peace that's building on that foundation is that when you know that you guys are both on the same team, you are willing to put that other person before you. And I think as gals, that's where we can, Show that respect and also, you know, submit to those different ideas with our husbands is that when we allow them to lead and when we can see and hear what they're saying and then show that respect, it's just even if we don't agree, maybe in that setting, still just going, you know what, I'm going to allow this to go in this direction and submit to that and just go, yep, he's got it better. I'm going to follow his lead and allow the Lord to work that out. And then be able to see how the Lord uses my husband then to lead our family.
0: The part with respect, too, if we can, and this is, I'd love to just kind of hear guy perspective on respect. The Lord put it this way that we are, it even says reverence our husbands, which is a real strong word. I think in our modern economy, we would think of that as even a, like a weightier word than just respect. So it should be taken really seriously So what does that kind of practically look like? Because I do think sometimes there is a thing with gals that they may not be intentionally not being respectful. It's funny how sometimes I've heard some of our Titus 2 or gals that do biblical counseling, and they'll talk about how they'll present something to a gal, and it didn't occur to them that that wouldn't have been respectful to their husbands. But we've sort of just lost the value of that and that we should be owing that to our husbands. So... Respect, just talk about why Why is that so valuable to men?
2: It's hard to answer why, I think. For me, it's probably the fact that this is the way that God designed us. And I wish I had a better answer than that, but I think that when I look at these specific roles within marriage and start to ask questions like, why though? Why not flip it? Yeah. And I think that it all comes down to that. God created us for a purpose and he created us with strong suits and even within male and female, he created us with specific things that not only we're better at, maybe if you can say that, but we also crave different things that our fulfillment comes from, from a different place. And um, that's what I feel this idea of respect really comes into play when my wife goes out of her way to respect me it makes me feel really good. <laughs> it just does, and I don't know how to explain why, but yeah, maybe it's just that God designed us that way.
0: And I totally put you guys on the spot, but that is exactly the point, It is right? It, we could flip that just as easily and say to a wife and go, well, why do you think you have to be loved? And a woman would be like, what, how can you not, you know, of course I need that. And of course I, but, and I, so I, I think that's important for us to even notice within ourselves just to the same degree in which that women desire to be loved and feel that within a marriage. Likewise, it's the same thing. It's the, it's the counterpart for our husbands. And sometimes too, I do think it's kind of silly when we even just say why, well, because God said it. So, and then when you strip all that back, you're like, well, but that just feels, feels like exactly how it should be, too.
1: Sometimes, yeah, I think about, like, in the work context for a man, and so often respect can be hard to come by in that sphere. Even think, like, pop culture, right? Like, I don't know why this is coming to my head, but the the song, Take This Job and Shove It, it's like that was written by a guy who is not getting respected by the people that he works around or whatever. The man is keeping me down or whatever, like... It can be hard to find respect sometimes in the professional world. And so coming home from that and then feeling like there's no respect there either is just completely demoralizing for a guy, I think. And I totally agree with David. It's, there is no other explanation other than it was just built in by God. Mm. I think one of the things that's important to talk about on the other side of the coin with respect to the okay. submission piece. And then this is something that I remember talking to the husbands about is the whole submission thing is not the husband's trump card, right? Mm-hmm. Like, well, I'm slapping this down because you're supposed to do it. And this is what I want. Mm-hmm. Like the, the right attitude there ought to be honey, I am convinced that this is what the Lord wants us to do. This is not what I want, and therefore you will submit to me, woman, right? This is the, the Lord has made it clear to me that this is what we are supposed to do. And therefore, I am going to be unyielding in the fact that we need to be obedient to the Lord in this. That's a hard conversation to have, But as the guy, if you're coming to that conversation from the place of this is the Lord bringing this to me, this is not just I want this and therefore we're gonna do it, it totally changes the conversation. And so it's a warning to the guy, like you need to check your own heart in this. Is this something out of your flesh that you just selfishly are wanting and you're throwing down the Ephesians 5 trump card? Or is this an act of obedience to what the Lord has called you and your family to, and you are leading your wife down the path of, this may seem scary, this may seem like, I don't know if this is the right thing, but we can have confidence in knowing that regardless of the outcome, this is what the Lord wants for us.
0: Well, and like David, you brought up at the beginning too, just the that it isn't on condition though because there will be gals that listen to this that go yes I would love to follow the leadership of a husband that is seeking the Lord but some in or in places that they maybe their husband's not a believer or maybe they're just in places that they're not that spiritual leader so but the scripture itself doesn't change
2: I see that a lot the pastoral care team sees these situations a lot and you feel for these women in some of these situations it's it's hard it's difficult and we would never downplay how difficult it is. But I maybe, because I am simple and simple-minded in a way, I love when the Lord makes things simple for us. So when he gives us clear direction, if I am a husband, I can turn to Ephesians 5 and know exactly what I'm called to do. And there's no question. And likewise, if you're a wife, the same thing happens there. I'm reminded of 1 Peter three one. It says, likewise, wives be subject to your own husbands, so that even if some do not obey the word, they may be won without a word by the conduct of their wives. And that was what I was clumsily trying to say earlier, which is that um, I have seen many situations, and I know my fellow pastor friends have seen even more, um, where this very thing has played out where a woman is in a difficult situation in her marriage in that it's not the model Ephesians 5 relationship and the leading and loving as Christ leads and loves the church is just not happening. But the wife is willing to, as a sacrifice to the Lord, respect her husband anyway, even when he's not acting respectable, even when he doesn't deserve respect. And it's incredible how God can use a combination of that respect and the prayers that she's praying for her husband to really wake him up and change him into more into the husband that God is calling him to be. So, my encouragement to people in women in that situation would be to not give up hope. God is the one that changes us anyway. The fact that we can call ourselves believers and we know that we are headed for. Heaven and have the hope of eternity is because of what God did in us. So, anyone listening to this, I would say your husband is not too far gone. God can transform all of us. So, to just continue to do what God's called you to do would be the best advice I can give because that's what God's word says. And for that reason alone.
0: Well, and if you read further down in First Peter, where it says that it talks about Sarah and Abraham, which is such a great example, because that's in the Old Testament, an example where Abraham did not make the most godly, amazing, like, wow, this guy is making good choices here. And yet Sarah obeys and she does submit to her husband. But I love this line that First uh, Peter has where it says that she did not fear that which was frightening and it's just so cool because gals you can be in situations that might be scary and scripture says that like it's not telling you don't that you're there you're not in situations that you could be frightened by but it's saying that to not be frightened don't you don't have to be fearful of those things because you're you're doing something as unto the lord and he always takes care of his people so i love that encouragement that it has as you can keep reading all of that
1: One of the things that I love about that example that you brought up with Abraham and Sarah is the Lord hugely blessed Abraham as a result of Sarah's decision to submit to him. Even though he was completely in the wrong and not being a loving husband in the least, when they were kicked out of the land, when Pharaoh figured out what was going on, like he gave them all kinds of material wealth— On the way out. And it's clear when you read that passage, the reason that happened was because of whatever took place between Pharaoh and the Lord, right? The Lord stepped in and protected Sarah. And whatever he said to Pharaoh, whatever that interaction looked like, Pharaoh was freaked out and immediately set things right and gave them tons of blessing. And that set Abraham and Sarah on a different course like materially a different course in their life and arguably you could draw it all back to Sarah choosing to submit to Abraham in that crazy situation. I
3: just like that it in verse 22 it does say as unto the Lord. And I think that's the thing that we keep circling back is that it's not how am I doing this to get ahead with my husband or the husband get ahead with his wife but it's it's another act of serving the Lord. And it when it comes down to the end of it, it's when we're standing before the Lord, we're going, did I do this to get myself ahead? Did I do this because I was just trying to please my husband and look good in his eyes? Or was I doing this as an act as unto the Lord? And it's within marriage, we have daily choices to make sacrifices to the Lord. But also at the same time, there's a sweet blessing that comes within the marriage. I get to spend my days with my best friend, <laughs> you know, like, and we get to, he can be that encouragement to me. If there's times that I can be an encouragement to him, like, just keeping things centered on the Lord. And I love that it's that, you know, that three-cord as we get pulled tighter together. But again, it's because of the Lord. It's nothing that I'm doing and it's nothing that he's doing, it's what the Lord is doing within us.
0: So I want to shift gears just a little bit because there's another component that I think sometimes doesn't get talked about when it comes to respect and submission within marriage because the marriage part, very important and how that is going with husband and wife, mom and dad is very key. But mom and dad, this is the part that I think sometimes we forget that we're also training and teaching kiddos on whether it's girls, you're teaching them how to be submissive and actually respectful how to acknowledge the authority within the household I think that is huge and but also with boys too, you know, we have boys and teaching them to Receive respect what that should look like how not using the trump card with their so-called authority in because they're not married yet You know, but what would you guys say as far as that part goes because I don't know That's not something that you necessarily There's not a checklist to go, did you make sure you taught your kids this and this? But I I do wonder sometimes if it isn't something we need to pause and be a little more intentional about how we're doing modeling it or teaching it. I don't know.
1: Well, one of the things that I would say, and I think this goes for parenting in general, sometimes it can feel like it is a constant state of just learning from mistakes. Mm -hmm. And so the goal should be to fail well. And so what that looks like in the specifically this topic sometimes might mean explaining to your kids like, hey, I didn't do that real well (laughs) right there. That interaction between mom and I was not a good one. And this is what needs to happen now or whatever. But, you know, recognizing that you're not always going to do it perfectly and, In the doing it wrong, there is also great opportunity to teach your kids.
0: I think it was when we were talking to Amber Carter. She's a wife of one of the pastors at ETHE, And it's one of the things that she mentioned is how you can say to your kids and even model to them, we should thank dad for all the hours that he put in today. You realize he's been gone all day doing all. There are so many times and we've all, okay, I've personally failed at this where You're just so caught up in the busyness of your own day that you kind of don't stop and think about like, oh, okay, it's actually time for me to switch this off for me. And especially when you got kids, teaching them to acknowledge that. Because Gals, if they don't see us do it, they're not going to have that model. And it's not that we have all come from different places where maybe it wasn't modeled to us perfectly. Again, the Lord redeems and does all kinds of things. But boy, can we sure help our kids out and even the marriages they're going to have down the road by just modeling some of that. And it'll be good for your own marriage, too, along the way.
1: That is actually a great point. And that's something that I have to say, I think you do an amazing job of with our boys. Sometimes I joke with you about the rose colored glasses that you wear when you look at me, because I do think that you see the best in me all the time. And and that's a really cool thing, because I certainly don't see the best in me and our boys probably don't always see the best in me either. But I am very grateful for the way that you accentuate the positive.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. I remember when I heard Amber say it, but I've heard other people say it. And I think every time it almost, it convicts me a little bit though. It makes me think of the times of, that I've missed opportunities to say those things. And again, gals don't feel this as like the heavy thing of like, wow, I've just done it all wrong. No, we, we get a chance to start doing some things differently and it's never too late to start. I think
3: a big piece of for us as women is our speech, Mm -hmm. not only our speech to our husbands, but also our speech about our husbands, because it's real popular for gals to get together and have these like husband bashing times. Mm -hmm. And it's gross, you know, like how encouraging would it be for a group of women to get together and for them to be the encouragement of who their husband is? (laughs) My husband did this really awesome thing. This is so cool how he's leading our family. And for someone else to go, oh, I really like that he's doing that. This is what my husband's doing and those different pieces of encouragement. David and I did young adults for many, many years together. And so obviously we had a lot of young 20-somethings <laughs> watching our marriage and watching what we were doing. And then they also watched us become parents and and lots of discussions, though, about Well, they would they always wanted to know, well, what's his worst traits? What are the worst things? Why would I go there? And it was like (laughs) what? (laughs) There's a pretty big list, let's be
1: honest. (laughs) 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 We don't have enough time.
3: But it was so much more fun to be able to share about oh, here are the things that I respect about my husband. Here are the things that I cherish about him. And someone doesn't walk away going, oh, I know these worst things about him. No, they know the good parts about my husband, but also realizing that I might say that to lots of other people, but I also need to make sure that I'm also saying it to my husband. Mm -hmm. There's lots of things that I appreciate about him and that I cherish and that are ways that I respect him. But I also realize if I don't verbalize that to him, he might not know that. And so I've seen a lot of, times where it's like, once I do verbalize something, he's like, oh, you noticed that, you know, like, and so I think for us as women, our words can get us in trouble. (laughs) But if we choose to, again, to give our words over to the Lord and realize, okay, when we're with our husband, how we can be respectful in our speech to him, but also when we're not with him, how we talk about him in other situations.
0: And I would say also with speech, probably let's go ahead and throw in any eye rolling or any heavy <laughs> sighs of like, see, you guys smile because we've heard it. We know. And I, again, I say that not to make us all feel like, wow, I've just been the worst. But sometimes if that's you, you might need to leave the room for a second pray and do a little bit of a heart check before you come out because it just it's it's not it's not worth the fallout for us to just kind of let ourselves be unchecked in those things for your own marriage, but then also for the, for your kiddos watching those things. It's just uh, something that we don't want to go down that road. So
3: also another thing with kiddos is that when we, to model to them, obviously we've got a daughter, you guys have boys, but like one of the things that I've been trying to model is that there are lots of things that I could answer when it comes to permission or, you know, those different things. But I love giving the opportunity of going, Oh, that's a great question. You should go talk to daddy about that. And allowing my husband to lead in those places too. I don't nail that very well, but (laughs) I really do try to default that. So that it is one of those things that for our daughter, she does see, oh, mama could make the decision, but she's choosing to go to daddy about it. And you know, and we try to have those different discussions too of like, yeah, daddy and I talked about this and there's not a piece. And so we're not going to go forward with this. Or maybe it is those different, but it's for her to know that it is a conversation that's happened between us and then allowing him to lead through that.
1: Another thing that I think as it relates to our teaching our kids is always kind of giving the why. And I think it's easy to, and you kind of alluded to this earlier, Amy, it's easy to have that mentality of, you know, well, if my husband was, worthy of respect then I would be the first one kind of thing. But that's not really the motivation here. That's not the reason why we should do that. And so helping our kids to understand it's not based on how amazing dad is or how flawless mom is. Uh, We read it at the very beginning, Ephesians 5.21, it's out of reverence for Christ. That's why we're doing this dad is going to blow it. Dad's going to make mistakes. Dad's going to say the wrong thing. Dad's going to do whatever. But the level of respect that he is shown is not commensurate with how often he gets it right. It's based on our reverence for Christ.
2: Yeah. In premarital counseling, I always like to remind couples that they are sinners and that they are marrying a sinner, which I think is important to remember throughout your marriage But also this idea of being open with our kids, that was probably one of the bigger surprises as a parent is how quickly kids understand what's happening. And we can convince ourselves that they don't really know what's happening, but they very much do. And every kid is different, but I have found that there is a lot of missed parenting opportunities when we aren't open with our kids about these kinds of things. They do understand that we're not perfect and we might want to model that we are, but that does more harm than good. So to your point, Chris, just be open with them and honest when we make mistakes in showing respect, when we as husbands make mistakes in loving our wives and even in communication throughout the whole family, being honest but I was thinking about parents because that's kind of, this is turning into a parenting <laughs> Well, we're going to turn quick. to singles but, in just a second too, so hang <laughs> exactly. on. That's good, that's good. But I was thinking about uh, parents, and Becca was talking a lot about how how a wife talks about her husband when he's not there. And I have seen at least a few times wives that have gone back to their mothers in a moment where she was maybe unhappy with her husband and shared some things that were very much how she was feeling in that moment but then fairly quickly as we should as husbands and wives found forgiveness for her husband and and reconciled and they were good the problem is the reputation that her husband now had from her mom's perspective or even more so from her dad's perspective and it's really hard to get that respect back from a parent for your spouse, because you've kind of painted this picture. And even though everything's good from your perspective, they still have that picture. So I just thought that might be something to add there.
0: That's a really great reminder. And even within Ephesians 5, when we talked about when they're referring back to Genesis, that he will leave his father and mother and cleave, be unified with his wife. And I think that also goes what Becca was saying too about watching your speech and taking a sec. If you're upset about something, that's not the time to probably call your mom or your best friend or any of those things. And you just kind of brought up David exactly why. I mean, those reputations are not going to be easily rectified, which is sad. So yeah. Okay. As promised, I said, I kind of wanted to get a take on Ephesians 5 for the single person. And no one's looking at me too quizzically, right? <laughs> um, but I think it's important too, because all of us in this room were single at one time. And we had read this passage and we knew what this was supposed to look like, I suppose, in theory, even though we had not been married. But I know that often our singles will kind of, what? how does this passage like this, how does that help them in who they're even choosing to marry?
2: There are evidences Of a future spouse and their maybe their ability, their current ability to uh, fit into this role as husband, just in their attributes, the way that they treat others, the way that they speak to others, the way they treat even women, I think is very telling. But there is an aspect of once someone is in a relationship of some kind. I think, to see some of these leadership abilities. And when I say leadership, I'm, of course, referring to servant leadership, the way that Jesus led. He was the perfect example of what we are to do as leaders in our home. And of course, Ephesians 5 doesn't snap into place until marriage is the thing. I mean, that's really, Ephesians five, It really the whole idea of leading and submitting and all of that really doesn't and shouldn't fall into place until that time. But I do think that a woman especially can see in a potential future spouse the ability and desire to fall into this role as a leader of the home, as a covering, as we like to say often, but i do believe that that is a an ability that that the holy spirit provides when the time comes fully that's just my experience i've talked to many many men that feel inadequate and i think that's normal and because it's a big job to love your bride as christ loved the church and gave himself for it no big deal but it, so it doesn't really fall into place until marriage But I do think that there is some evidence there of a godly man that is doing his best to just serve the Lord and wants to lead his future bride and family well.
1: I remember back in my early 20s when I used to think to myself, there's always someone in the world who's better than you at whatever the thing is that you think you're amazing, unless you're Michael Jordan. (laughs) man, the truth of that is so real. And I think the way that it can play out in our lives is you should always submit yourself to someone. You should never get to that place where you live above everyone else and do whatever. There is a healthy dynamic there where Guys, gals, whoever, you've identified a person in your life that you respect who is a godly man or woman, and I will run these things that I'm thinking about by that person. And if they say, I don't think that's a smart idea, then I'm going to take that advice. So, particularly when we talk about singles, and I'm going to say people that are older and single, who have been single for a long, long time. It's one thing when you are getting married at 23 and it wasn't that long ago that you were living under your parents' house and you were submitting to them. But when you've been on your own for a decade or maybe two, if you have not practiced the idea of living in submission to someone and I think it's important who that person is, you know, it's not just any old guy or you know whatever, but if it's the first time that you've ever done that is now that you're getting married, like that's going to be really hard because you've been used to living a certain way. But I think whether it's a, your dad or a pastor or some figure in your life that is a mentor or a covering for you, that's an important thing to practice over those years of being single and will certainly help should the day come when you do get married.
0: And especially like when you're older, it's not as if we're saying that you have to have a person that tells you what to do about everything and that, okay, what they, that's different. This, you have to be careful when we're talking about, because Ephesians 5 says, be submitted unto your own husband. That is a very exclusive type thing. But I love what you're bringing up because it's, it's that almost that quality of, can you even really come under authority? Because I think we all know somebody that just is that personality that just, Bucks at every piece of authority, no matter what, no matter who they are, they know more, or they're not going to do that. And that's kind of prevalent in our culture right now to just kind of not be cool with whatever authority is doing, we're going to do it a different way, because that's our independence and all of that kind of stuff. And those can be really big flags, honestly, if you're a single and observing that behavior in the person you could potentially marry. When you walk down that aisle, all of Ephesians 5, like David said, it does not just, it's not a switch you flip and you've got it and you're gonna be awesome at this and they're gonna be awesome at it as soon as you walk down that aisle. That's not how it works.
2: I like to ask a trick question of uh, couples when I'm in premarital counseling with them and it is, does God call women to submit to men? And it's a trick question because the answer is God calls wives to submit to their husbands. He also calls men in many contexts to submit as well. We're all under the authorities given to us, the governing authorities, as the word says. We are under the leadership of the church. We should be submitted to the church leadership that we are a part of. God has instituted and put those men there. For a reason so we as men should be submitted to that and ultimately we should all be submitted to Jesus Christ and it's amazing how well all of this fits together in the context of being like Jesus because even Jesus who is the head of the church and this perfect servant leader was submitted to the father and we see that in a couple contexts the garden of gethsemane maybe being one of them but i think that to find a potential future spouse that is not submitted, now we're talking about the man not being submitted to someone in some way, is a bit of a red flag. A good leader is willing, as Chris was saying, to be submitted in those areas that he should be and to have true accountability. So that's important as well. You're not just looking for the strongest looking leader you can find but also a man that is humble enough to be submitted.
3: Just, you know, still thinking about those single gals, whether it's they're single because they've been single for a long time. Maybe they've been single because they graduated high school two months ago, you know, (laughs) (laughs) or it's the gals that, you know, maybe are now walking the life as a widow. They still have a place with Ephesians five, just because maybe you don't have a husband that's next to you. The Lord is still your husband. And so being able to respect the Lord and love the Lord through that and going, okay, am I respecting the Lord with my life right now? Are you respecting when thinking about how he's given you time or he's given you giftings or, you know, are you respecting him by using that for him. I always think back to when Drew came on the podcast and she talked about what's in your hand. And I think she's just such a great example of her going, okay, I respect the Lord for who he is. I love him. And so I'm going to dedicate my life to him. And he has given her some amazing talents, <laughs> you know, with Things that when it comes to art, I don't even know how to even begin to wrap my mind around, but just being able to see the blessings that she has by her submitting herself to the Lord is just such a beautiful example.
0: I love that as we've looked at this passage, that it's just the cool, the Lord's Word just constantly has something for us in every single stage of life that we're in. And I think that's amazing. One of the things that we didn't hit on earlier in the context with marriage specifically is just kind of some of the practical things with it. So maybe as we wrap up, if we can just kind of fire off a couple of those, that would be great.
3: I'll kick it off. I have one that always sticks in my mind from Judy Slaughter. She talked about not being your husband's mother because he already has one. Oh, good (laughs) one. And it's one of those things that you, uh, she gave the example of, it's a stormy, horrible day and your husband is walking out the door without a jacket and you let him walk out the door. And so many women go, but he's going to get wet or he's going to be cold. And she's like, no he'll be okay. And if he does get colder, if he gets wet, he'll wear a jacket next time (laughs) without you stepping in and being his mother. And I just love the way she just kind of put it together of like, you don't want your husband looking to you as his mother. You want your husband looking to you as his wife.
2: And then to add to that, I think, what are some other things that earthly mothers can do so well one of them being being critical,
1: <laughs> kind of criticizing uh, maybe True. the
2: way your husband is doing this thing or that thing. Micromanaging could probably fall into that category as well. Maybe you wouldn't do it that way, but really biting your tongue and uh, just to show respect to your husband and let him do it the wrong way. You know it's the wrong way, but <laughs> let him do it the wrong way.
1: I think uh, when it comes to a disagreement, if you have a disagreement about a decision or something that is being made by your husband, don't disagree with him in front of your kids. For our relationship, I want to hear Amy's input on decisions and things like that, but she's always very careful to not do that in front of the boys And so we'll have that conversation later. And that is going to go so much (laughs) better, (laughs) gals. I will tell you, if you do that uh, in a private one-on-one conversation rather than in front of his friend or in front of your friend or in front of your kids or in front of your dad or (laughs) whatever.
2: (laughs) Another one that comes to mind is uh, making purchases. And it reminded Becca and I, when we were discussing this earlier about when we first got married, we came up with, it was probably me that came up with this <laughs> idea. But I said, hey, if we're going to spend $20, we need to make sure we talk to the other person first. And that lasted about a week because I realized every time <laughs> Becca needed to go buy some groceries or <laughs> gas or Everything anything. was over $20. So said, raise so that, said, you know, eat. a little bit. And I don't remember when we raised yeah, it, it to. What's been cool is we've really maintained that, though, I would say. I don't think we have a set dollar amount, but I know that Becca's not going to just go spend a bunch of money on whatever she thinks without talking to me first. And I see that as very respectful.
0: That's a great one. Because I do think gals, we can make all kinds of excuses of like, oh, well, I'm just trying to make the home really nice, or I'm trying to look nice. So I'm going to spend all this money on these clothes or this home decor stuff. And kind of at the end of the day, that that if that's beyond what would be considered being respectful for your husband, that's wrong. You're just in the wrong doing that. And you got to stop making the excuses about that. So that's a great one to check in about that kind of stuff.
2: What about recognizing efforts to lead? And there are so many ways that we as husbands are called to lead, but maybe some of the gals out there have husbands that they feel they're not leading. They might say he's not a strong leader, but looking for those areas where they are making an effort and maybe it's not much of an effort but enough where you can recognize, wow, I love how you did that. I love how you led the prayer at mealtime, if that's where the bar is at this moment. And just really encouraging him in that, what I've found is that that only spurs me on to want to do that more, to want to do that better because my wife noticed and it is valuable to her. So I've seen that as a really valuable thing.
0: It's, uh, you know, it's Proverbs 14.1 that says the wise woman builds her house and the foolish one tears it down. And it's such a great picture of actually that either the total destruction of what we're doing either with our words or whatever, but also that building up when you're building it, it just, the building gets better and stronger and bigger. And we can think of that same thing in the, in what we say and acknowledge in what our husbands are doing. It makes that building that much stronger, that much better.
1: Another one I would throw out is, gals, be careful about forcing your husband into a competitive situation with another guy in your life. So if we're talking about the coworker and it's, well, I was talking with so-and-so at my office and he thinks that we should be doing this and not this other thing. And I think that makes perfect sense to me. And I don't know why we're doing, you know that needs to be approached really carefully. Uh, Like I'm not even sure how you would approach (laughs) that in a way that's gonna go well, but just know that that is gonna be a very sensitive area for your husband if you start walking there And don't do that. (laughs) (laughs) Don't recommend. That's good.
0: Don't recommend. Okay, well, that was good. A lot of some practical stuff there. Hopefully, gals, there was some things that you can take and pray about. And gals, if you're married, pray about these things. Read Ephesians 5 and look at the scriptures and, and be honest with yourself. Ask yourself, how are you doing on this? And how are you... Coming in, how are you bringing respect into your home? How are you modeling that? And also, are you doing it just for your husband? Are you doing that really as unto the Lord? Because I I do think that that is really at the heart of what all of this is for. So, David, Becca, Chris, thank you guys for doing this with me.
2: Thanks for having us. You have to to say something.
0: (laughs) Thanks for having them so that I wasn't here by myself. Thanks for tuning in to the Devoted Podcast. We are a ministry of AP Creek Christian Fellowship in West Lynn, Oregon. For more resources, or if you need prayer or encouragement, send us an email at devotedpodcast at